Hey, Amber. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> What's been going on? Uh, uh, I don't know. The world has ended. We, we had a lot of complaints that we started a podcast and we gave up on it, like, within two episodes. And uh, Well, the thing is, we started a podcast about the world ending and then the world started to end. It kind of took out my steam for it a right. little bit. It's like, I don't want to talk. I want to talk about happy things. Yeah. Yeah. The disaster angle, it was a little much at the time. It was too soon. It was too soon before it even started. Why do you think we misread that situation so poorly? Um, I don't think we misread it so much as that <clears throat> a series of events led it to be um, just almost inappropriate to talk about. Like, you know, with everything that was going on with COVID, it just, you know. We don't call it Wuhan anymore. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah, we've evolved. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. Um, no, it just, it just wasn't, it just didn't seem fun to talk about terrible disasters whenever there was like disasters happening everywhere every day. Yeah, I feel that. I felt, I've been listening to the podcast that I listened to. I got tired of listening to news oriented ones. Right. I started listening to like true crime stories and things like that that just don't have something any... a little bit more uplifting. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, well, right. But yeah, um, I think uh, it was time to get started again. I feel that way. I, I think I think we need to change the format a little bit about like I don't want to have a weekly disaster that we talk about. Yeah. I just want to have um, a conversation. Yeah. And hopefully. Hopefully we're interesting enough where people will want to listen to us. And the good thing is, is that uh, the things that we like to talk about a lot of times involve disasters. So it still follows. I'm sure we'll talk about one. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some coming that we haven't even seen yet. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like we said in the previous episode, it kind of, there's, there's like a six month cycle of disaster. Right. Mm hmm. Uh, so inevitably there will be something to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I just read an article about the bubonic plague making a comeback. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> That'll make for a really interesting news cycle. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> the plague. So we haven't really seen each other. Um, because the, you know, I've been COVID. in deep quarantine. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ryan took it to the extremes, but he's still here. So I guess it worked. That's because they wear a gas mask. Yeah. Yeah, you do. But nobody else wears a mask. Well, I mean, they're getting better about it. There were several places yesterday that I went that you you had to wear one to walk in. Oh, that's good. I went mean, to the AT&T store and they wouldn't let you in without one. That's a change, actually, from what I've been saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hadn't seen signs. And then I went and got a pedicure. You had to get your temperature checked at the door. You had to wear a mask, you had to wear gloves, and you had to wash your hands right away when you walked in, and they made you sanitize like every 20 minutes. Except for those feet. Ooh. <laughs> well, they're clean now. They're all like shiny and new. <laughs> it's like, I was like, I gotta go. I gotta get this done. Would you call them claws that you had? or No, I, they weren't that bad. They just were, you know. Not presentable. And I live in sandals, so it's a must. Did you have to give the lady like a like a pretty good tip? <laughs> They're not that bad. Okay, all right. They're not that bad, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I went, I'd have to, I don't know what the standard tip is, but I feel like 50 or or $100. <laughs> I didn't tip that much. Okay. I tipped well, but I I'm didn't tip that much. I'm just saying, based on what mine looked like. Oh, okay. 
I feel like because they'd have to be doing a lot of extra work. Yeah, they were like, oh, we might need a few extra hands on this. Yeah, they'd have to bring in a team of specialists. <laughs> like, hold on, we need to call in. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that bad. It was good. It was quick. I, I've never had a pedicure. What, what's the first step? Picking your color. <laughs> oh, you get a color? <laughs> yeah, you get to pick the color. Fuchsia? Uh, I got um, uh, purple. Like a light lavender. That's nice. Yeah. It was something different. And uh, then you you sit in the chair and then you set the massage settings. Wait, there's a massage chair yeah. as well? Yeah. You're in a massage chair the whole time. Huh. What's the average uh, pedicure cost? Uh, 30 bucks. That seems reasonable. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. To have anyone touch any part of your foot. <laughs> that seems like a really good deal. Seems a little low. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. This place was 30 bucks. Huh. It was worth every penny. What color do you think I should get? Mm, maybe like a chartreuse. Uh, that's like a green, right? Like yeah. a yellow green? Mm -hmm. I know about colors. <laughs> I know chartreuse. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I think, well, can you get a rainbow of colors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can get whatever you want. D will they complain? You can do designs. What about sort of like a, uh, like a gradation? Um, yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of neat. Yeah. I've done that before. They'd be like, look at this guy, a little flashy. <laughs> Would you show him off? Absolutely. You know, there are, you know, guys out there that like that. Wait, <laughs> that's not what I'm getting at. And the other thing is I would need to get a pair of sandals. <laughs> right. To show them off. Yeah. Well, see, I live in Birkenstock, so they're on display. I usually have uh, rotten Tevas that I wear, but I haven't <laughs> they are pretty rotten. been able to afford any this year. <laughs> oh, I used to have a, we used to have a dog and uh, the dog would come and like lick my filthy feet Ugh. after the Tevas because it probably smelled like dog food. It was bad. Yeah. So I, I don't That's really, terrible. I don't do that anymore. That's terrible. Well, the thing is, you know, they make fun of you for wearing socks and sandals, but you have to. No, you don't. You must. <laughs> my feet don't do that. Yeah. Well, if you got what I got, you need them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this podcast is turning out to be horrible. <laughs> It'll get better. Uh, so, um. What have, uh, so what's been like, you know, filling your time since our, uh, our unexpected hiatus? Well, actually, you know, we do the printing business and then that yeah. has been uh, going pretty well. So did it slow down though? It did slow down quite a bit. Cause I assume people would like, you know, cancel their weddings and you know, their invitations would need to be canceled and things like that. Yes, uh, there was a lot of that, but also there were change the date cards. Oh, yeah. So people had to actually print more stuff. Oh, well, worked out for you. Yeah. You know, I gave people a discount. On, yeah. On, yeah. If it was an existing customer, mm -hmm. I gave them a 50% discount. Oh, and, well, that's and, nice. Um, Pandemic pricing. Well, I, you know, I figured it wasn't their fault and they had to now do this and I didn't know if they budgeted it in. So I mm -hmm. needed to cover my costs, but also right. I wanted them to be able to get it at a reasonable rate. So that's what we did. It yeah. just seemed fair, you know? It is, it is. So that's been keeping you pretty busy. Yeah, and but like some business-wise, like some repeat customers that just order stuff for their businesses have mm -hmm. continued to order. That's great. So we're actually back at February numbers. That's great. This month. That's fantastic. I don't know how it happened. It might be like, like a rebound sort of thing. I'm wondering if people are, are thinking wishfully and it's going to fall off the cliff again. I kind of suspect it will because yeah. the unemployment ends the last week in July. July. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a huge chunk of money that's just evaporated out of the economy that's coming from the yeah. government. 
I mean, well, yeah, but there's a there's another stimulus maybe coming. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But like, even if it's twelve hundred dollars, it's just not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. It needs to be two thousand dollars a month. I think that's what Trump is pushing because he he really got a little boost from them Trump checks. Yeah. So he needs a big boost right now because so, he's not doing well. So Trump <laughs> is a. Uh, a universal basic income socialist now. <laughs> yeah. Well, just for now, <laughs> it'll change. So, so Biden is now further right than Trump. Is that what you're saying? Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty weird. <laughs> Twenty twenty is wild. It's pretty strange. It's pretty bad. So, uh, what have you been up to? Well, I was furloughed, um, like a lot of people, and um, I guess it started at early March, and. So I was uh, I was home, watched a lot of Netflix. <laughs> um, it wasn't great, uh, you know, being at home, not being able to work, and then being afraid to go anywhere. Yeah, it was really draining, and my anxiety was just it was bad. And um, so basically, what I did was I started self medicating. Oh no, that's what they call it. <laughs> okay. And, um, it got to a point where I figured that it was something that I'd no longer had power over and I needed a little help. And, um, so I did what a lot of people do and I went to a treatment center. Really? Yeah. I was gone for 33 days. 33. I'm acting like I don't know all this. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ryan was well in the loop. <laughs> uh, 33 days. Yeah. Out of the, totally out of the loop. Totally out of the loop. I had to go to, um, like an old plantation house. Okay. They, <laughs> and, put, they um, put you to work? No, it was a beautiful property. Um, few acres, uh, right on a bayou, big old oak trees. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great place to go when you mess up. <laughs> and, um, it was a, it was an experience. It was, uh, something that. I was apprehensive about that. I was unsure of the day of, I was a mess of like nerves and fear and just honestly shame that it got to that point, but it was a really good experience and I'm glad I went and I met so many people that I never would have met otherwise. And I came home with a lot of good stories. (laughs) Well, that's perfect for somebody who's doing a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, there was some characters. uh, Yeah. (laughs) But are you allowed to talk about them? I mean, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to give specifics. But no, the the whole thing is anonymity. I can never say that. We had to say it every night. So you got good at it. No, I didn't. (laughs) Every time I was just like that A word. (laughs) Eminem and I. Yeah, it was terrible. Nobody could say it. But, um, it's, it's one of those things where at first I was, um, really embarrassed, but, um, going there and being around that group of people and the people that worked there that were former addicts and alcoholics, the counselors, administrators, everybody, um, you really get to see that this is something that happens, uh, everywhere to anyone at any time. Mm Mm-hmm. And it kind of like breaks all barriers. It's, there was people there that were very well off. There were people there that had nothing. Um, There were people in the middle, sort of like me and all kinds of backgrounds. You know, um, I think it's a a misconception that um, people that are addicts or alcoholics, they grew up in a house where they were around it. They were exposed to it at a young age. They started young. 
but that's not always the case. In my case, I grew up in a family where nobody, that's never been in my family, either side. No one's ever had an addiction problem. No one's ever had anything even close. None of the friends I hang out with are. Um, I, I never put myself in that sort of environment. Mm -hmm. It was a very, this is a thing that I kind of, the common thread was like the isolation. These people, it's almost like a, a gene where you like do this and you isolate and you pull away from people. And that's what I was doing. And I was miserable. I was completely miserable. And I didn't really honestly know it until you kind of like step out from it and look back and you're like, God, I wasn't living. Mm -hmm. I've done, I've been, I've done more and been out more in this past week than I had in the past six months. I wasn't going anywhere. I was changing plans. I was staying away from the people that I care about and like want to be around because like I was miserable and my thinking wasn't normal. It wasn't normal for me and it wasn't normal for anybody. Nobody wants to be isolated and away from the people that you really want to be around. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think it's important to talk about it because it has been sort of like a taboo sort of um, like a stigma around it. But uh, the truth is that in every community, there are judges, lawyers, doctors, nurses. Mm -hmm. um, they're all, you know, uh, they're living their lives, but they still are, you know, in recovery and dealing with it. And um, it's like I said, it just, it's a spectrum of people that it, it can affect. And, um, I learned a lot there and I feel better than ever. Honestly, like, I'm just, I don't know. Like, I feel good. I feel happy. I feel hopeful for the first time in a long time. Well, that's amazing. I'm, I mean, I'm really happy that you're number one, that you, that you took the initiative to do yeah. that. And number two, that you're talking about it yeah. because I, I feel like it might be good to share this with other people yeah. that, you know, maybe don't realize that this is going on for them. Like they might not even know. Like the reality is I, I'm pretty close to you. I had no idea this was going on. Well, and uh, that's the thing, you know, I was, uh, it was very secretive. It was very like, obviously when you're in it, you don't really, like I said, you don't think right. And so I, I'm justifying it and rationalizing it to myself that it's not that bad. It just, but then again, like, obviously it was that bad if I didn't talk about it. You know, like if mm -hmm. you know that it's something that people are going to judge you for or tell you that, hey, you're fucking up, like, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you're one of the closest people to me. And yeah, I didn't say anything until the day before I went. Mm -hmm. I was pretty surprised. I know. And it was hard to make that call because, you know, it's almost like I was letting you down. I was letting my family down, I was letting, you know, the people close to me down. But, uh, you know, I kind of had to push that aside and say, you know, I have to do this for me because I'm not going to be able to be a good friend. I'm not going to be able to be a good mom. I'm not going to be able to be a good daughter or sister unless I fix what's like wrong with me. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't the, the medication. It wasn't that that put me in that spot. It was my own choices. And, um, you know, from here on out, you know, the goal is to be ruthlessly honest with myself and the people around me because that's the only way that I feel that I can like live a life that's worth living because I don't want to keep secrets from like my best friend. I don't want to keep secrets from my family. Um, I don't want to live like that anymore. And, you know, making that decision to go 
and making the decision that, hey, I need help. Like I need someone that can guide me. I took every suggestion that was given to me. Mm -hmm. Um, That is something that was very out of my comfort zone because I am kind of a control freak and um, just kind of surrendering to the process and saying like, okay, well, obviously what I'm doing isn't working. So let me have somebody else that's been through it, that has experience let them show me like a different way. Mm -hmm. And so far so good, you know, it's, it's still new obviously, but, um, so far so good. And, um, you know, I have a good community of, of, uh, other women and, um, that are going through the same thing or have been through the same thing. And it's nice to have like that camaraderie. Last night I uh, went to a meeting with um, a couple girls, saw a couple people that I knew from the treatment center. What kind of uh, meeting? It was a NA meeting. NA. Narcotics Anonymous. Okay. So they have AA and NA. Um, some people say they're completely different. I think they're fairly similar. NA is a little bit laid back, but it's all the same principles. It's a, um, you know, it's a program. It's a, what they call a brotherhood. It's, you know, it's just like a fraternity of people that have been through what you're going through. And you, yeah. So I went last night and it was great. And afterwards, like, <laughs> we drove around and we laughed and like just had a great time. And like, I hadn't done shit like that. I can't even remember. I can't even remember because I was there, but I wasn't being present in the moment. A lot of times, you know, now you mentioned, I did kind of feel that, you know, I didn't know. I just thought you were just like that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not actually, (laughs) I'm not a shitty person. No, No, I, no, I no, I know what you mean, but like, I wasn't, it's like my mind was checked out and I didn't really even realize it, mm-hmm. but, um, like going through situations now and being in the moment with people, like it's such a marked change of like the experience. I feel better. I am having more fun doing like just silly things. Um, I haven't been watching TV and zoning out. I've been reading, I've been writing, I've been talking to people, like hanging out with people and, um, you know, working. I went back to work and that's been great. My job is awesome. They held my job for me and have been extremely supportive of me. That's like, I mean, that could have gone the other way. It could have gone, it could have gone either way. And I was honest before I went because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be gone for a month. I just got back from furlough like two weeks before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked to my boss and thankfully it went in my favor. And, you know, I think that they saw something in me and they understood that I was doing a good thing by trying, you know, by taking that initiative to, to work on myself and it, um, it really worked out. They were supportive throughout the whole thing. And I went back to work and it's, it's, it's just fun. I mean, and I was told when I went there, you know, like when you start doing the right thing, mm-hmm. when you start like being honest with people, when you start just like thinking in a different way, they call it a psychic change, which sounds kind of cultish, but a little bit. it's, you know, like I it, see that you shaved your head as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're in the white Nikes too, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, once you start doing those things that you're supposed to do, like things start to fall into place. It doesn't mean that you're on this pink cloud and that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. But the thing is when those bad things happen, you're going to be able to handle them better. You're going to have a better support system around you because people aren't like mad at you. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking that you're lying to them. They don't think that you're, you know, looking for something. And I mean, so far it has been falling into place for me and I hope it continues to do so. And I mean, I'm really committed 
to making my life better, not only for me, but like for people around me, you know, because addiction is a selfish thing. You're doing it for you. And even if you don't, obviously this was never my intention. It's not, you know, hopefully it's not the person that I am. It was just the person that I was at the time. And, you know, and going into a treatment center is inherently a selfish thing because I'm going away. I'm cutting myself off from the world. No cell phone, no internet, hardly any TV. Um, you know, you're sheltered off, but you're only there to work on you. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, it, it was a great experience because I was able to really focus on me and talk, you know, talking with a counselor every day and talking to other people that have been through it and sharing these experiences. Like, I mean, it was just a really good experience and I feel just so much better and I'm glad I did it. And I was, I was hesitant at first to talk about it mm-hmm. in this format. But on the other hand, when I started bouncing the idea off to some of my closest friends, you know, I have a different perspective on some, like, cause like I said, I wasn't raised in it. I wasn't around it. I didn't start at a young age. I've never been to prison. My kids were never, you know, my kid was never taken away. Um, but it still affected me to the point where I didn't want to live like that. You know, um, it's very cliche. They have this saying in the rooms, like, um, you know, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the first time I heard it, I was like, Oh Jesus, mm-hmm. like that should be on a poster. Well, guess what? It was in a, on a poster. <laughs> and, um, but it's true. Like I was just tired of being like that. I, I don't want to be detached. And I was very detached without even really fully realizing it, but going back and looking and having that perspective, I'm like, God, that was awful. I don't want to get there. Any, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to be like who I was meant to be. And that is like a person that is outgoing and is fun to be around and is there for the people that love me and care about me. And that's really important. You know, like, I think it's, um, it's just something that I'm, I'm passionate about right now and I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. So what strategies, you know, it's been a week. Mm Mm-hmm. What strategies would you give someone who's having the same experience to, to maintain that? Like, how do you stay conscious of this and how, what, how do you maintain your trajectory? Cause you're so, on a good trajectory. The main thing is, is that the first thing is like a schedule, even on like my days off, like I get up, I read, I, um, I do like my own personal meditation and I plan what I'm going to do for the day so that I'm not aimless and um, I reach out to people. You know, the other day um, I was I was home and you know there's no one around and I was feeling a little like not anxious really, but just kind of like what do I do? I've been around people so much for the last you know month and a half, and um, uh, you know in the in the past I would have zoned out or you know self-medicated. But in this case, like I called a friend, she came over, we went to a meeting and I was fine. Okay. Um, I think the, the main thing, so yeah, is keeping a schedule, re- having a support network and, um, just being like really focused on the goal because, you know, my, I have a very set goal in my mind of what I want for myself. And I know that I cannot get to that point if I'm not being honest and if I'm not asking for help and reaching out to people around me when I need it, but also being like a person that they want to, you know, they want to ask for help themselves that they can rely on me. So those things are very important to me personally. Everybody Mm -hmm. has different goals and what things that they are um, invested in. I want to be someone 
that people can rely on because that hasn't been the case for a while. And so that's like my goal and that's what I stay focused on. But yeah, I think the main thing is just like having a support network and reaching out. I mean, that's just, I mean, everybody says that. That's what you have to do. I see. What can I do to be like, it sounds like being available is pretty important. Uh, Having people around you that are available on a fairly a moment's notice. Well, no, see, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not looking for people to be like waiting on me to fail or waiting on me to need help. I just, but hopefully the people that I'm close to, they will, if I need them, they'll be there because they want to be, not because they feel like they need to be. That's the goal. And I know it's a, it's not something that happens overnight. It's a, it's, it's like, you know, a marathon, not a sprint, you know, it's like, I, 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 I'm, hoping to get to that point but I mean I don't need anybody to um you know check on me because I have people in my support system in the program that do that oh that's good yeah so you've been very supportive and I appreciate it I'm I'm glad I could help Ryan uh wrote me and told me what was going on in the news (laughs) so that I would know what was going on very filtered yeah very filtered news (laughs) so I appreciated that so um, back to the facility, mm-hmm. um, uh, it sounds kind of interesting because I've never been to a place like that. Like what, what happens? Like, okay, you wake up there, it's morning one. What do you do? What, okay. What's the process? So, I mean, I got there on an afternoon and the first day was kind of a blur of getting settled in and, uh, you know, I was exhausted. I hadn't been sleeping well because I was so anxious and scared. Um, so day one, I woke up, I felt good. That is not the case for some people when they show up. A lot of people are bad off, you know, Mm -hmm. physically when they get there. Um, That was not the case for me. And so I got up the first day, um, ate breakfast. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't, the first couple of days, I wasn't doing what everybody else did, which is a very, it's a very structured environment where you have a schedule. Um, But uh, so I just kind of like read and um, I had like an interview with my counselor to meet him. And uh, I had to go to the nurse and like, you know, blood work and talk to a nurse practitioner, talk to a dietitian, things like that. So that was like basically the first day. But after I got into like the program, I mean, it, it was really, it was totally fine. There are some places you know, facilities that are very clinical. Mm -hmm. This was not the case. It was on a, like I said, a beautiful piece of property and a big old antebellum house with nice new dorms built and a a really nice cafeteria facility. Um, we're we're not allowed to use that word anymore. You might've missed that. What? Antebellum that's banned. (laughs) But it, but it is, (laughs) but okay. It's, it was an old Southern house. <laughs> it was an old, just beautiful Southern house. No, this one, this house was not used during the, that time. Okay. It was built in the twenties. It was just in the style of an antebellum oh, house. Okay, right. I see. All right. Yeah. So, um, there's no bad juju there. No, no ghosts of <laughs> not that I know tortured of. slaves. <laughs> no, I hope not. I didn't see any. In the area though. Uh, for sure. Up the road. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right up the road. Yeah. But yeah, no, this particular property was really nice. So, it, and we had tons of free time. I spent, like I said, most of my time outside. There was this really nice covered pavilion right on the bayou. People fished. Um, this is in Louisiana, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. People fished. Um, basketball, 
there's a football being thrown around a lot. There's volleyball. It sounds kind of like a summer camp for. Adults. I called it a summer camp for fuck ups. Okay. <laughs> but right. but it, that's really what it felt like. Yeah. Um, we had a good time. I mean, like on the weekends, we would do bonfires. Um, there was yoga. <laughs> I mean, so far this sounds pretty excellent. <laughs> like it, it could have been a lot worse. What, what's the dark? Is there a dark side? I mean, the dark side is you're having to like confront what's wrong with you. <laughs> you know, like that's okay. not always fun. What's that like? You know, it's hard. Like, uh, one of the exercises we had to do was, um, write out your life story. And it sounds kind of simple, but when you really go back and start writing it from the beginning and you see it in black and white, in my case, I saw a pattern of behavior and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so like, you know, I, it was in black and white. I could not lie to myself and say like, oh, it's not that bad. Or, oh, like it's somebody else's fault. Or, you know, it's very clear after I wrote it that uh, it's my own choices that led me to where I am. And I'm sure there were outside factors, um, but for the most part, I'm a grown ass woman and I made those decisions. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so reading that was therapeutic and, um, yeah, it was just, I don't know. Do you think you're going to be able to, like, if those patterns start to emerge again, are you going to recognize those patterns I think now? so. I think I'm really aware of them now, um, now that I've identified it. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, um, like a self-sabotage streak. Self-sabotage. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's something that I don't want to happen anymore. I could be so much farther in life. Um, if I hadn't had that streak and, uh, at this point I'll do anything to keep that from happening. Cause you know, I need to catch up. I need to catch up to where I should be. In terms of self-sabotage, like mm -hmm. what do you think the cause of that is? Like, where do you think that came from? Is that just something I don't that's, know. I mean, that's biological? Uh, you know, what my counselor told me is that not everybody is born with this gene or this broke part of your brain where you have the tendency to make self-destructive decisions and that can apply to any part of your life, relationships, um, work, school, um, and in this case, you know, uh, a behavior that leads you to a treatment center. And um, there's, there's medical research and studies and papers written on it ad nauseum, but um, it's something that you just have to be aware of and work on every single day to make sure that you are staying, you know, the course. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, personally, I feel like I'm going to be more aware now of the pitfalls and seeing there was something said last night and it said, you know, when you make a decision, there's either going to be a meeting. reward. Yeah. At the meeting, okay. there's either going to be, when you make a decision, there's either going to be a reward or a consequence. So my goal or what I need to work on is that when I make decisions, do it for the goal and not, you know, and make decisions that aren't going to give me like a bad consequence. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to put on blinders and make decisions that had consequences, but I wasn't worried about them in the moment. And then it all builds up and then it's a big fucking mess. Do you think something is like wired backwards in your mind where like the sabotage is the reward? Oh no, That's no, because case. I don't like it when it happens, you, don't you like know, it, okay. no, I, I'm miserable. And, and then I sit there and I go through it in my head and it's like, why did I do that? Why? I knew this was going to happen. And that's like not a normal way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, like I said, the psychic change, like rewiring your brain to like, think like a normal functioning human being.
And it's a lot harder than it sounds, <laughs> but you know. I don't know if I've ever met a normal functioning human being. Well, you so know, that, as normal yeah. as it, you can get. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> like a baseline. <laughs> I'm asking these questions so I can understand. You know, yeah. it's, it's and, and anybody listening, you know, I want right. to understand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to talking about it. I suspect there's a lot of people that feel this way and, and haven't gone through the experience you have and haven't yeah. um, identified it or taken the steps to correct it. Yeah. Maybe correct is the wrong word. Just manage, it. manage it. Manage it, yeah. I mean, because I am who I am, but, uh, but you know, ideally I start uh, making decisions from a, a different place that I was making them before. Do you think that having a podcast called The Sky is Falling is, um, do you think we need to change the title no, and make it more it. positive and uplifting? No, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love the title. Because, <laughs> you know, the sky falls, but the world goes on. Yeah, I mean, for plants or whatever. Yeah. That's really all that matters. <laughs> Life as a, uh, you know, as a function. Uh, right. It doesn't need humans. No. No. There's going to be some sort of single-celled organism that will carry on. <laughs> and that's why I think we need to... You know, our our, um, our single-celled brethren <laughs> will continue. Oh, yeah, whether we're here or not. Yeah. Yeah, they don't care what we do. And I take solace in that. Do you? It's kind of poignant. All right, so, okay, so we know what happened in the morning. Yeah. Then, um, well, what's the food like? So, <laughs> the food ranged from um, uh, the low side of mediocre to good. The thing is, when you're feeding, you know, like 40 people, mm-hmm. you know, the chef, who was actually a pretty good chef. There's a chef. Yeah. Hmm, okay. And even though he's a pretty good chef, you know, he's having to cook in volume. It's a little difficult. So, like, for breakfast, we would often have, and I say often, uh, always have, <laughs> um, like, toast or biscuits, um, eggs, and, like, sometimes sausage, um, Sometimes we had biscuits and gravy. That was nice. We had pancakes my last morning mm. with cinnamon butter. It was delicious. But, you know, there was a, there were some meals that were terrible. <laughs> we had a lot of beans. Oh. Red beans. Like two or three times a week. And I don't eat red beans. Did you have roommates? I did. I had three roommates. Oh, boy. Well, beans. I, I, for most of it, I had two roommates. But towards the end, I had three. But they were totally... We had the best room. Everyone was quiet. We went to bed early. We read. We didn't talk to each other. That, that would be hard for me to be in, in close contact with people like that. Like, that would get... That would be it's weird not for me. bad. Really? It's not bad. You really start to, like... It became like a dysfunctional family. Like, I loved everybody there. Like, everybody. We had a great... We had a lot of fun. I laughed so much. We had... We had a lot of fun. It, you start, even people that when they showed up, I was like, oh God, uh, no. Uh, I'd hmm. say 99% of the people that went there, there, I made a connection with. You learn something from everyone. I learned a lot from a lot of different people. That's what made it cool that it was just like a, a huge a mix of people. And you kind of like see like how they got to where they are. And again, it gives you perspective, like um, just seeing how it's affected different people. After you were there for a couple of days, did you start to feel like a distinct change? Was it kind of like a religious no, experience? It was like a it was like a gradual thing for me. Um, I mean, the first week I was really missing home. I was really missing my son, and I wanted to leave every day. I mean, not like all day, but there was moments where I was like, I can't do this. This is I, I can't even imagine doing this for three more weeks. But um, I'd say about like the tenth day. I got into a groove 
made a, you know, made some friends. I had a little group of friends and, um, I really got into it. Um, I don't think it was like a, a split moment where I had like some religious awakening and, you know, I think some people do. I think a lot of people do actually through, uh, work in the program. Uh, personally, I'm not a religious person, so I don't, uh, I didn't have like a religious awakening, but I definitely had like a spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, uh, this sounds crazy, but like I meditated for the first time and it, it really was like, uh, like a life changing experience. If I can say that, I mean, it really was. And it kind of like forced me to see that like I can handle, stress and anxiety and all these things that worry me, um, in a different way and, um, being able to learn that that's priceless. And so, yeah, it wasn't like a, a like a religious thing for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a friend that I, I was with her last night while she was there, like she found God and she's doing great and it really helped her self-esteem. She has, she feels like she has self-worth things, something that she didn't have before or she didn't feel like she had before. And that's fantastic. I mean, the the beauty of the program is, is you do what works for you. It's not like a rigid set of, you know, you have to do this. You have, at this point, you have to do this. I mean, it's really because it's your life. It's your recovery. The only person that can do it is you. And so it's, it's very personalized. That brings up an important question that I wanted to ask you, which is how do you pay for this? I mean, you go to this, like, how do you handle that? So, um, you know, Louisiana has a, a really good Medicaid, um, and it's pretty easy to qualify for it. And, um, so I would say 98% of the people there had Medicaid and it's completely paid for. And in, uh, and amongst Southern states, Louisiana is one of the few where they extend expanded Medicaid yeah. under the affordable care act. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm very thankful and, and that I didn't have to pay it out of pocket. That wasn't it. That wasn't something I had to go in there worrying about. Like that might not have been possible if you had no, to pay it out of pocket. No, I couldn't have paid it out of pocket. No, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> and I, people need that service. I mean, it's something that that's why they're out there. People need it. And people were, as soon as somebody left, somebody was in there. You know, people are waiting to get in there. So um, if it wasn't for Medicaid and programs like that that paid for it, I mean, you'd have a lot of people out there that would never get the help they need. Six years ago before that, I think it was six years ago, before John Bell Edwards, the Democratic yeah. governor, was elected, there was not going to be expanded Medicaid. Right. So imagine that. Yeah, it'd been awful. That's interesting. I mean, I think that's a, a pretty sound argument for universal health care throughout mm-hmm. the country. Because yeah. somebody in one state over in Mississippi right. doesn't have access to this. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't, I mean, it's, yeah, it's obviously a very state to state, but I mean, yeah, Louisiana has probably one of the best Medicaid programs. So I'm very lucky. I hope that as a state, we can keep that up because after John Bell Edwards, I mean, he's term limited. Yeah. There's probably going to be a Republican governor next time. Oh yeah. (laughs) So hopefully, you know, I think Louisiana has a short window Mm -hmm. where hopefully Biden gets elected and hopefully passes, passes some sort of universal Mm -hmm. healthcare. I mean, I know he's not Bernie Sanders on that level, but I feel like at this point there has to be something. Yeah. So there's like a two year window here where hopefully that could happen. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously needed. It's, it's just, you know, I hate to think about somebody that needs something like that, uh, much less a surgery or medication and uh, not be able to pay for it, you know, because it's just too much, you know? Well, I, I, I mean, Expanded Medicaid is great, but right now I don't qualify for it. I'm like just over the income right. level, right? Mm-hmm. So 
my health insurance is garbage yeah. because it's, uh, it has an $8,000 deductible. Jeez. And that, I mean, talk about red tape. That's the yeah. reddest tape there is, $8,000. Right. So I can only use that in some sort of like <laughs> terrible scenario. Yeah. But like at that point, I'll be bankrupt anyway. So I don't really right. understand what the point of it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a broken system. It's terrible. <laughs> It's frustrating. It, it makes me really angry. Number one, that people uh, don't have necessarily have access to good health care. Mm-hmm. Number two, refuse to wear masks as a result of Corona yeah. in this area. I mean, the I would say it's probably about a 30% penetration. I'm seeing a little bit more now, I think because yeah. the numbers are mm-hmm. getting so bad. Yeah, I've are, seen a lot more lately. Like just in the past week, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before that, there was like a political... Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not wearing no mask. Yeah. It's my freedoms, man. My body, my choice in this case. <laughs> <laughs> right. In this case only. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I've seen more lately, but um, people definitely aren't being as vigilant as they need to be. Speaking of, like, if I didn't get corona in, in treatment, I'm oh, never going to go. get it. <laughs> I mean, we were tested um, and... You know, temperature checks every morning, but uh, there's no mask. No mask. No mask. Um, we, you know, of course we're in a bubble pretty much um, other than the staff, but uh, nobody got sick. And um, yeah, yeah, if I didn't get it there, then I might be okay. Hmm. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, like nursing homes, it was, yeah. it was going in. I mean, that's a similar scenario to a nursing home. So I wonder why it happens in some nursing homes and not there. I think maybe like nursing homes, uh, it's very enclosed, mm-hmm. you know, like we had so many different buildings and uh, we were outside half the time. So maybe that helps, you know, like we were in well ventilated areas. It could be. And, um, I mean, you know, they took precautions and everything, but there's hand sanitizer around. There's lots of opportunities to wash your hands but yeah i mean we didn't do anything else other than that i didn't share a drink with anybody but you know well what they're saying now i mean they were saying this in february but it wasn't like top of the mainstream news that it is airborne and aerosolized droplets just from breathing can kind of fill a room yeah so if you go into a space after Mm -hmm. it's been had people there's the potential that if you just breathe that air you might get it right so thankfully that hopefully didn't happen. Yeah. I don't, I mean, you know, we were, you know, uh, for like our counseling sessions for when we ate, we were all in the same area. Interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like a hospital. It, it doesn't shut down. It's, it's a service that's needed. It's, it's a, so right. you can't almost can't, no, you can't, there's, so, there's, it's like, it would be like if you wore a mask in your house at all times, it's just not possible. So yeah, no. it's almost like you just have to give into it and hope for the best. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess that's sort of like the program in general, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. Actually, <laughs> that should be on a poster. <laughs> just give into it and hope for the best. I don't know. That might not be the best slogan. Yeah. They have some good ones, <laughs> but do you, so this is a weird question, but do you think this is going to be like part of your identity going forward? Like, is this podcast just going to be like a check-in and uh, talk about your experience? Is that no, what- I mean, it's not, I mean, 
it's 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 not going to be like my identity it's mm-hmm. not i'm not going to introduce myself that way to people um that's for meetings i don't do that you know um no it's just part of it's 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 just a way of life that i'm buying into because i know that the way that i was doing things wasn't working very well i had a lot of things happen that um probably wouldn't have happened otherwise And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of integrating it into my regular life and letting it change me from the inside out, which again, sounds very cultish. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm a little concerned here. (laughs) I have some literature for you. Uh (laughs) Have you heard the good news? Um, in solidarity, I have not had any alcohol since you told me about this. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny that you mentioned. (laughs) So my mom picked me up, uh, whenever I was discharged, (laughs) And we went out to eat. It was really nice. And then we're driving home and she's like, oh, we, you know, in Louisiana, there's drive through daiquiri places everywhere, right? Oh, and my mom goes, oh, you want to split a daiquiri? And I was like, mom, I haven't even been out of rehab for two hours. Jeez. And she's like, but you're not an alcoholic. And I was like, it's, it's to say I can't do it. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I never had a drinking problem, but it's, it's all like, you know, it's it's um, being respectful of the program and other people around me to not right now. I, I mean, I, I can't I, I, being honest with myself and others. Like, I don't know if I can say I'll never drink again because, like, again, I've never had a drinking problem. I can have a beer and stop. Yeah. Um, alcoholics cannot. They cannot I think you're, stop. You're less of an alcoholic than me because I've seen you drink alcohol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I got destroyed, and right. you're like, I'm like you're, totally fine. You're making some bad decisions, right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So, I mean, honestly, you should have went with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is all a ploy to get you into treatment. <laughs> well, you know, I, no. I don't. I don't want to say that I had a, a problem like that because I don't. I don't. Right. But yeah. you know, it was, it was not like difficult. A little right. bit. You yeah. know, sometimes you're like, I really want a beer. Yeah, but I mean, you know, having a beer is different than I'm gonna have a case. <laughs> well, that see, that's what happens though. Like, right. I cannot drink a beer, but yeah. if I drink one, I really want a second one, and if I have a second uh-huh. one, I really want a fifth one. Right. I mean, that's that's something. Sort of the pattern of alcoholic but I can stop you know what I yeah, mean but you can stop and you it doesn't it hasn't affected your life and um yeah you you don't need it to go to keep going you don't no. have to get one in the morning I and mean, I, I wouldn't want to misrepresent myself and say right. that no yeah that's no not uh, that was that was obviously a joke um but yeah so my mom that's like, crazy You're not an alcoholic. I was like oh my god but yeah again that's the point you know, my family, it's, they've never been around it. They don't understand it as much. I mean, they've been extremely supportive. Um, but yeah, it's not something that we were raised with and nobody around us has, has been in that spot. So it's kind of like, um, I consider this and even telling my mom, like, look, it's all basically the same thing. Like, it's just a way of educating people and, um, not preaching. Uh, you do you, I'm going to work on me. You know, I'm not, I don't want people to be afraid to drink around me. I was at a birthday party earlier this week mm-hmm. and there was rosé and, um, you know, I was offered a glass by a girl that didn't know. And yeah. I just said, no, I got a Coke. And later she apologized to me and I was like, no, like, you, you know, don't, I don't want people around me to like have to change their ways because their ways aren't what, you know, my ways are what got me there, not theirs. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That makes sense. You wouldn't want to have to like, no. it'd just be awkward. Like, oh, walk on an eggshells around this person. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awful. I don't yeah. want that at all. Like, I mean, that would be terrible. So no, don't feel like you have to be uh, abstaining just to, you know, make me feel better. 
That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well. Well, that's probably enough of that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, every podcast is not going to be about, you know, Amber and her sobriety. I think it would be okay if it was. Um, no, that would get boring. Get a little boring. <laughs> that would be a little boring. We need to talk about more terrible things. Yeah, we need to talk about like, you know, earthquakes and tornadoes. The Yellowstone plagues. Caldera. Oh, no, not plague. Too soon. No, plagues isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Let's skip plagues. Yeah. But um, probably, maybe we could probably talk about some historical disasters. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should talk about like Katrina. I think that would be a good, uh, you know, we're going to have to learn a little. I mean, I. Yeah, I need to revisit it. I was here. You weren't. I wasn't here, but that was right at the time when I had a job. Right. Where I didn't want to do it. So I was just looking at the Internet constantly. So I felt like I was there. Okay, that's almost as good. Yeah. I think that's where I discovered Reddit. I think that was like the first time I started looking at Reddit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then there's another website that was popular and called Dig. Yeah, I remember Dig. There was like a dig Reddit divide at some point, and I right. think that might have happened right around then. Yeah, I think so. We'll have to go into Reddit slash dig history, and that oh, could be yeah. part we of it. We should do that. That's going to be an interesting podcast. Let's do that. Okay, next week Katrina. we'll be coming out with our Katrina episode. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, it was good talking to you, Ryan. You too. It was good to finally see you again after uh, 33 days. I know. I'm back. Back in action. All right. Better than ever. Hopefully. Better than Ezra? Was that a band? That was a band. What was that good? It was pretty good. Well, maybe I can't that could be our any theme song. Yeah. I'm gonna go listen to that. You should play that to fade this out. I know. <laughs> but then we'd have to pay the, the copyright. I yeah, guess. we'd have to send pay like You think the one person that listens would report us? I think we'll get away with it. They were talking <laughs> about doing that on Spotify. I have to look into that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, where Spotify where podcasts on Spotify might be able to use Oh nice. Spotify music and it just counts as a play. Oh, nice. But I don't know if we can do that or not. Um, We'll we'll find out. Okay. All right. (laughs) Good day. Bye.